Types of all men help our mental health and uh, figure out our opinions can probably help the society go a little bit further and get a little bit better. Facts. And this episode, our topic is gun control, which is uh, always been a problem in America. It ain't just a current day problem, it's always been a problem in America. Yeah. Uh, and People take one little word and make their own analysis of what that means. But we don't get into that. But um, yeah, Eddie's from New York, so he knows. Y'all can't even have guns out here. Yeah, Eddie's from New York, so y'all, hey, all the stuff you seen crazy going on up there. Hey, bro, I ain't gonna lie. Most of the time, I don't even like. I don't see it myself. Like usually, I just hear about it. Yeah, bro, bro, it's just crazy, man. Like I, I get on the phone with one of my family members and just casually, like, oh yeah, some nigga got, you know, he got shot and killed in the drive-by today. What? This is a day to day. Like, yo, weekly thing, yo. And then you ask, like, oh, what happened? Like, oh, (laughs) niggas just driving by shooting. Like no issues, no no personal paths beef or nothing. It's just, man, that'd be disaster. It'd it be sad, and like when you think about it, man, like it's it's just like a product. Like people grow up a certain way, and especially when you ain't got nothing else to do, you start asking like, what's your purpose in life? And then you find one thing that you can kind of stick to, and they even if they know it's wrong, they just keep with it. Okay. Like violence is like a long-term thing in our community, not just from outside communities like white folks and shit. But I mean. Every black parent beat on their kids. Every single black parent beat on their kids. <laughs> and God forbid you end up like, man. So my, my uncle gangbang, right? Yeah. My cousin gangbang. I got a little cousin that's probably start gangbanging. How old your uncle? My uncle's like 38 now. But like, and people think that gangbanging is something that just like, it's something that people in the hood want to do to start being cool and get money and shit. Gangbanging started off as like, protection against for, the police and, community. and yeah. making sure that like people was held accountable Originally, and then yeah. when we weren't able to make no money legally that's when niggas decided to come together and make sure everybody families could eat by doing whatever they had to selling drugs or whatever but now you got people who like they were set up in poverty like they i thank god or the universe every day that like you know I, me and my little brother was able to get out of it and my siblings and shit but like my mom grew up in Bricks poverty, like in middle of NYC, you know, she'd get home from school or college or whatever, and she got to run up the stairs to make sure no fucking like, no, you know, crackhead or nothing is trying to come and rape her, 
trying to come and kill her, kidnap her, like they be doing other people in the building and shit. And then you got people like my uncle, who they only started game banging because of proximity. Yeah. My dad wasn't with that, but my uncle got into that circle of friends where it's like, you know, that's just what you do. And once that's become something that you do, you just, you can't just unlearn some shit like that. Yeah. And even if you try to, like, they don't have the resources, they don't got access to therapy. They don't even know what therapy is really like. Yeah. Still calling the niggas shrinks and shit. Right. I ain't got the money to even, like, be living the decent shit. Like, and I lived with my uncle when I was in third grade. Brooks of Atlanta. I ain't even realized where I was. Same place 21 Savage from. Whole neighborhoods of bloods. And the, the highlights of my week were when they would give us a couple dollars, me, my little, or me, my sister, and then my four other cousins. They give us a couple dollars and we get to go split a pack of seeds. That was our meal. That was the best we could do. And I mean, like we would even go outside and play with other kids and we play a manhunt. And you get caught, you get jumped by everybody who's on the seeking side. <laughs> Oh my god, it's 12 o'clock. Yeah. A long time I do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, they don't even do the announcement? No, no. Oh, shit, true. Um, but yeah, like, they just... And I didn't, I didn't think nothing of it back then, just because, like, you know, they're trying to toughen you up, and they're trying to make sure that you're good, you could fight. Because we got niggas nowadays who just start shooting. Yeah. Like, niggas start <laughs> a problem with you, and you beat his ass, and yeah. he don't like that. I got something for you. He finna go to the trunk and he finna let that bitch go on you. People got scared. Look, people got to the point where they they don't like losing. But honestly, everybody got losing. Like losing is a part. Like bro, just because you lost this fight, don't mean you're gonna lose the next fight. No, don't, I don't think. I don't think it's that. I think it's now that niggas don't want to lose on camera. That's social media. That's a big part. Cause Man. you can your ass kicked ten years ago and well twenty years ago. Not being on social media versus you getting your ass kicked on Instagram, TikTok right now, bro. That's a whole totally two different things. Bro, I saw a video on that shit too, bro. It was like this nigga saying, I think it was Charleston White too. That was yeah. Part. He was like, listen, if I ever get my ass beat, I'm getting up and I'm shooting the camera now. Because you're not posting that shit nowhere. Yeah. It's like, like niggas, niggas are so scared of like they pride getting Image like beat right. down that they'll do anything to uphold it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I don't like him. I ass kicked, yeah. but like some nigga walk up to me and he started an issue and we fight and I get my ass kicked. My next is instinct isn't gonna be like, oh, I gotta kill this dude, bro. Like this shit, this shit is personal now and you gotta die. Mm. Nah, yeah. like yeah, I got my ass whooped. As long as I'm straight, it ain't nothing. Yeah. If it ain't personal, then yeah. we just keep it moving. Keep it moving, cause all right. And I think that's a problem too. Social media playing such a big part in this. Because even if like I lost a fight and they put it on social media. Okay, I lost. Like, yeah, y'all might be like, oh you do the also. I'm like, oh yeah, I lost. But guess what? Look at the other fights. Yeah, this one person got the best of me. Like, but back in the day I was like, oh, since someone's like if I was lost a fight and someone said something, like, do you want to fight? And then but that's like my male egotistical, I guess. Well, I don't want to say male egotistical thing. That's just who I was. I was immature at the time. Immaturity. But I do think that people just scared to take a while. It's a fucking social media. Because people on social media don't know you. Like, fucking, that's what people put so much value in someone on social media that doesn't even know you that can just follow you and give them so much access to you that now, just because you fear of that getting posted on social media is the reason why you actually go and shoot somebody just because you lost a fight. No. And on top of that too, the Second Amendment 
like all the other people that are all about these gun because of that's one part of the gun problem in America. People shooting people just because they scared of their image getting flawed. But we also got people going <laughs> in schools, cops not having proper gun control, like learning learning proper gun control on their scenarios. They always escalate to the highest form. Even you got people like regular civilization walking around with guns and shooting people that are protesting that you ain't got no business even being out there for either way and getting off. Yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse, I'm talking about your ass. And then, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm talking about him. Um, you got, you know, people thinking they're the law and just because they got a gun, they think they can uphold their law and kill innocent people that are just trying to make, make it home. Yes, I'm talking about you, Zimmerman. Yes, because when that happened, I actually was around the same age as Trayvon. So, and it happened in Florida. And that did fuck with me some type of way. Because now I'm scared of even going to certain subdivisions because I know it's majority white and I'm scared to walk around even if it is my cousin live around there. That shit was hard for me because at yeah. the time I was living in Orlando. Yeah, I specifically, I was living in Kissimmee at the time. So it was like with them, that's the Hispanic nigga, the yeah. Hispanic white dude just killed the fucking black kid. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we're going to have to separate this conversation to do two different parts, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, gun control and gun violence in the black community context, and then gun control, like, on the oh, national yeah. context, right? Yeah. Because, like, Trayvon Martin, yo, I, I lived in Sanford when that shit happened. Like, I had yeah. a friend who lived in that neighborhood that he got shot in, right? Yeah. So I remember I see the footage when I wake up that morning. And, like, it had the whole city, like, frozen. Like, again, this is, this is not even, like, an actual cop. This is a boy who clearly wasn't doing anything wrong. But for whatever reason, you got people being combative about who had the right to do this, who had to do that. The simple matter of the fact is that he shot a kid walking home. going He's just going home too late. At least in his mind, he looks suspicious, which is ridiculous. And mind you... There's hella black kids in Sanford. Like, Sanford is probably the only majority black city in Seminole County, right? Yeah. And then you got other places like Orlando where you got, like, the mix. Yeah, it's like, it's so diverse now. Uh-huh. But back then, it was more, like, like Latin more populated. Yeah, definitely. Like, Sanford, just black kids, a sprinkle of whitewashed Latinos, and then white kids. Yeah. So, when this shit happened, yo, and they gave him his court decision... I heard gunshots all fucking night, bro. Gunshots all night. And I lived, like, out in the little suburb. Like, first house in the suburb. Like, you go down, and it's another fucking church. You go down the streets, another church, bunch of farmland and shit. So you can imagine who the fuck was angry about this fucking decision. And it's like, when do we get to the point where guns became, like, our first option? Like, don't get me wrong, I understand if you scare for your life, and, like, that's the, that's the surefire way of knowing you safe. Yeah. And even with all the shit that I had to go through and see, I don't think I could take somebody's life that easily. Yeah. Like, they could be dead wrong, they could be about to take my life and the life of somebody I care about. And if I had to do some shit like that, I would still sit there and be, like, in shock. Yeah. I would, literally, I'd be, I would rather do these first and then come, it would come to that resource if, like, really I'm fighting for my life. Right. But the fact that, all right, with the Zimmerman shit, he over here is following this young man. So this young man is actually scared for his life. Yeah. 
And that started the whole. And actually, Trayvon kicked his ass. It's because because look, because <laughs> like, bro, you can follow me, and he got mad. He got butt kicked. Because like, bro, he thinking he's a fucking police, which he's not. Like, you see all these stuff nowadays, like. Like we talked about in our previous episode about like how they overturn the laws and stuff. We need to overturn this damn case. That motherfucker need to go, hey, we need to run that shit back because with the new evidence and everything, this motherfucker should not got off. Because stand your ground, Trayvon was standing his ground because he was one in threat. Yeah, that was the crazy thing about this because actually Trayvon actually lived there. So Kennedy yeah. George wasn't necessarily standing his Wow. See, that's when the conversation around guns and like black people as a whole kind of changed, though. It's because as we as we started like publicizing what's happening more with these interactions, white people had to stop saying like, "Oh, like he clearly did something wrong," and now it turned into, "Oh, maybe he did something wrong to change his perspective, or maybe always, he did something to cause him to act this way." And then on top of that, too, they always like put in the media. Thank God for I took this media ethic class. When it comes down to like black people and like say we're the victim of gun violence, right? Mm -hmm. They always look pictures of us like as a thug or a gangster or like something like that. If it was a white person, they always put them up like put them up in their family shot like this, smiling, cheesing, everything else. But it's a stereotype that the media is playing into the stigmatism as well too. So it's like it's so they making the they already putting us out that we are the bad guys before without even. Like, that's a, somebody fucking child. So, at the end of the day, like this. So, if there was a vice versa, black and white, change, change the race, how would it be approached? They would have, bro, they would, uh, Race is a problem when it comes to gun control, too. Anytime a black person do anything to a white child, and even if it's nowhere near true, yeah. Yeah, that's the easiest way to get them up and roaring. Like, they'll get the pitchforks, they get the torches. Oh, yeah. Bro, they will burn shit down for something like that. Oh, and it's, it's crazy because, like, you can't even... I don't even want to get a gun because I'm scared of, like, what happens if I get pulled over one day and I don't even got my gun on me or in the car. It's at home, but, like, you see it's registered under my name. Yeah. Now you anxious wondering what I'm doing. And personally, I feel like... I'm third. It's, it's funny because white people always, like, they generalize us and they think like, oh, like you, you look like scary. You look like a thug. Like, I'd be walking behind somebody and like they turn around and like, ah, like come on now. I feel like personally, I, I don't even look that intimidated. Yeah, compared yeah to I probably someone would go to me and say, ah, oh, like, oh, you scared me, man. I probably have to broke your nose. You shouldn't be jumping at people like this. You don't know. You shouldn't be standing behind me like <laughs> exactly. this. You shouldn't be breathing up my neck like this. Like, if we use their excuses, then it'd be something different. And like, but no, I was trying to. I was like, nah, bro, you invaded my private space. You invaded my bubble. So, bro, and speaking about Orlando, yo, did you hear about like that shooting that just happened with the cops? Bro, I saw this video, yeah. right? It was this 19-year-old kid, this Latino kid, just in, in Orlando Mall. I think it was Millennium. Mm -hmm. um, and this dude, he got some <laughs> fuck, he got like the little bag on him, right? Mm -hmm. He got some alcohol in there, still the bottle. He underage. He, I don't know if he got an ID, but he said he didn't. And one of like the mall cops or some shit come over and start pressing him. And he's like, oh, like, why are you talking to underage girls? And he's like, well, I'm not talking to underage girls. I just asked them what their age was. You know, you're talking to girls like any nigga do when you go to the mall. Yeah. Like most niggas. So the cop, like, you know, he, he takes the alcohol from him. And he's like, man, I could arrest you right now. He don't arrest him. He tell him he could go. Then he followed the kid. He tells him to leave. And he follows the kid all the way outside of the mall. He gets outside of the mall. And he start pressing the kid again. 
It's like, can I just ask what else you got in the bag? He, and you could tell, like, when he following him, like, he's trying to figure out something. Like, what's going on with this kid? What can I get him on? Yeah. And the kid's not very smart. Like, he don't know how to deflect with the police, so he answering every question truthfully. Yes, I'm underage drinking alcohol. Yes, I got a gun on me. Yes, I got some weed. Yeah. The nigga talking about some, what? Bro, the nigga talking about some, he could see the jar of weed through his thing. Come on, bro. <laughs> you know you was lying, nigga. And at that point, the kid got so scared that, like, the dude was talking about arresting him and calling it in. And dude got so scared, he upped it on him and shot at the nigga and ran away. The that, cop? He shot at the cop and ran away. Yeah, and he, the end of the video, I, he... The end of the video, yeah, I saw the nigga didn't get caught yet, but like they had called it in, there was helicopters looking for him. But it's just hilarious, bro. Like, at, in that situation, in that scenario, yeah, the kid may have been doing some illegal drinking on fucking public property, especially underage. But you instigated him into being so scared that he felt like that was the only way he could keep himself safe. That's how, and that's how most cops try to say the same thing about when they pulled us over. They're so scared that. They think about pulling the trigger first. They see it on the other side of the, the spectrum. But if that was us, they say, no, you're a cold-blooded, emotional thug. Think about Ohio, because they said this kid, he, he, had a gun, yeah, he had a gun in his car, he shot one time at them. Even I, I, I'm not saying even he did shoot at one time at you. What happened in Ohio? He do got out of the car, he started running, and they unloaded like 60, 70 bullets. Yeah. Oh, Oaks, that's the kid, 60 bullets. Yeah. Yeah, they like, hit I, him with 60 bullets, but they shot like 90 at him. Yeah. So, but look, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a whole bunch of y'all. He's running. Y'all was supposed to be able to chase him and attack him if y'all was supposed to be in shape because y'all supposed to be doing this stuff. You could attack him, took him in. Because, look, same thing with the, uh, for July, there was a shooter, a mass shooting. At the uh, a parade, yeah, in so Chicago, what, so, and they caught the dude. Honestly, he was in a car so, and everything. So, but the kid, so the kid, he shot at them first. They they say they he, say he shot at them, but like, well, the, the, bro, he shot. He's in a hot. They were in a high speed chase before he got yeah. out of the car. Okay. And they said so one like, bullet, one shot was was released. But technically, how I'm looking at like, you got to actually. I didn't need to actually see what their they the camera show. Yeah, you see it? I, no, I seen the part when they, they got out of the car and chased him and shot him, but I ain't seen the full thing from the chase because look, there's parts of that beforehand on the dash cam footage that ain't really been shown. They would have had to see that he actually did shoot one time. You could hear that on the dash cam. You would. Yeah, but and you would hear a whole different like response. A whole different response. But honestly, he probably random. Look, honestly, me if I was in a point where I'm in a place I don't know. And the police are chasing me, and I already know how some cops are. I'm not saying all cops are like that, because I got some friends that are cops. They're like, they're are even white. that are friends that are cops. They're like, they're like, yeah, bro. Some of these people, like, we don't even like them, because they put a bad name on them cops. But uh, like, I would try to get somewhere that I am feel more comfortable, where it's well lit, or where I'm not just gonna stop on the dark side of the dark road, where I don't know what you're gonna think. You gonna probably pull your gun at me. Ohio's real bad when it comes down to racism too. Anyway, mm -hmm. like a lot of the back, like racist <coughs> cops, they're 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 everywhere. But I'm just saying, like they do be concentrated. Yeah, they be concentrated in some places. Like, and when he got out of the car and ran, like even if he didn't get out of the car, he would just got shot up in the car. I mean, the cops they had over there, like they wasn't letting that nigga go. They weren't letting him go. He ran exactly. They was like, bro, they're going to try to do whatever. 
basically. But it's just so. Uh, I don't understand how they feel like that. Like, let me ask y'all, when if you feel like you got more power, like clearly more power over somebody, yeah. and they intimidated by you, how does that make y'all feel? Because like me personally, I've been in scenarios where like somebody do some real foul shit, or like it's a white boy saying nigga around me. I remember one time like he said like we was at a party, right? And this white boy say nigga. I only got two other black people I'd be there with, and I know exactly how they sound. So I hear a, a nigga and it don't sound like that. I'm like, hmm, what's going on? Dude, I gotta drive us all back anyway in my car. I ask, oh, you said nigga? I don't know. <laughs> okay, bro. Like, we all drunk, but don't play that shit with me. Mm-hmm. We get back to fucking uh, the edge. We got the car, I'm like, yo, what's up with you, bro? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I'm trying to fight this nigga. And I'm like, yo, walk home before I slap the shit out of you. And this, you know what this nigga do? Yeah. Okay. Walk. Start walking home, <laughs> bro. Like, like, see, a cop in that situation, bro. A cop in that situation, he go, oh no, I'm not done yet. Like, that's that's not where I wanted this to go, and my anger isn't like placed somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna take this out on you. For me personally, like that should happen, and I'm like, you're like, I'm pissed, but I can't just be up on no bitch ass dude like this. Yeah. Like, I I feel bad if I be up on a little punk. Yeah. I feel like bullying at that point. And every time I see these cop scenarios, I think, where did these niggas come from? Who were you raised around? And who were you raised by to be such a bitch? Nigga? I think it's more so uh, the whole cop situation. I mean, well, going back to your first question, as far as like making people feel uncomfortable, I I'm try I try to be that type of person. I don't overplay my card. So like, even if I have the one up, unless you push me to that point. I'm not gonna be like, okay, yeah, you a bitch, so like, I'm doing this, that, and the third. Like, I'm just, I'm cool, I'm chill type shit. I, like, even like, if I was in that situation, if the white boy was around me, and called, saying nigga type shit, I'd definitely call it out. But me, I don't overplay my cards, so I'm not gonna threaten nobody. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be like, I'll smack the shit at you. Cause I know, like, I understand every step of every situation. Or how every everything can be used against you. Mm-hmm. So like you know, say I slap the shit out of him, and then the police come. They're gonna mm-hmm. be like, "Well, did you say you gonna slap the shit out of him?" That's why I clarify ahead of time though, because like, don't get me wrong, like I'd be mad as fuck if I said some shit or I did some shit and then pissed the nigga off, and then the nigga just slapped me silly out of nowhere. Oh yeah. Like, you like I would be hot even if I but see, that's, later. Like that's I said, like I'm wrong. Though. But also like. Going back to, uh, I was watching a clip of Charleston the other day. He was like, even no matter how anybody feels, you can't just go around slapping people or shooting at people because of shit that they said. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. If I don't like the way your mama look, or I feel your sister's ugly, that don't mean that you could just slap the shit out of me. Hey, back in the day, they had a show called TV called Your Mama. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> It's like really, I think people got so sensitized, desensitized to the jokes that they don't can't decipher the difference between. But either way, like those type of words, you, know, you ain't gonna say it. Like, like everyone, niggas. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing, like with them, I don't call them crackers no more. I would say like chinks or every every so called culture got their own word that is like the same thing. Yeah. So I don't. It's like. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a it's a respect thing too. It's a respect thing. Like, don't yeah, get me wrong, like 
slapping and shooting the dude for saying nigga like that is that's not the right thing because i thought that same process like the whole drive home i'm sitting here thinking all right if i beat the shit out this kid like mind you my homeboy is the baseball manager and this is a baseball player yeah. so that's already like something that's going to have an issue yeah. now i gotta worry about the rest of the baseball players like i worry about this dude who's in a frat how are they going to react if they hear about some fucking black thug just beat the shit out of him for saying nigga oh, oh he just said a word like, no matter how mad me or you or you may get about it, they still going to take it that way. So what I was raised on was, don't say nothing to nobody if you're not ready for how they're going to react to it. Because, yeah. like, even in therapy, like, you learn that you can't blame nobody for your emotions, but you can blame them for how they react on it. Yeah. So if a nigga do something or say something that's enough to piss me off and I get to that level, that's when, like, I just kind of, I wouldn't say immediate, but, like, I kind of gauge it, like, you ready to fight? Because I'm ready to fight. And obviously I'd engage if this nigga got a gun, if this nigga finna put my friends or some shit in harm. But if it get to that point, like, you can't be upset. Like, if I say some wild ass shit to a nigga in public and I think it's a joke, that don't mean he gonna take it or he perceives it as a it's joke. joke. So it's now, whether, however he react is a product of what I did. That is true. That is true. See, like with me, They're different levels to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like Shrek said, I'm like an onion. <laughs> it was different levels. <laughs> no, because like, I don't care what words no more with people. Because even though words may hurt, I'd be feeling like sometimes they're trying to poke me to get me to react. Yeah. And like, I got so much shit going on to be reacting to y'all dumb motherfuckers. I just cut you out. Exactly. I learned how to cut people out. And just like, hey, you played yourself. <laughs> I'm DJ Khaled, you played yourself. You're off the team. That's all it is. Don't come back around. It's like, when you yeah. really got shit going on, like me, like, no. I got a lot of shit going but on. Everybody, but everybody do got shit going on, though. Yeah, like, but, you throw your shit, you could throw all that shit away over something that's, like, not even going, you not even going to be worried about it next week. Yeah, but anyway, like, so, there's some things that do stick with you when they say it, and it's just like, Keep playing back your head, and like sometimes when I get to that point, I had to sit down and have a conversation with that person that said, it. "I was like, yo, bro, you got to break this down to me, like, bro. I feel some type of way." And at first I was thinking like, "Oh, they slide," but it's still playing to make my head. So I need to you have this conversation with me, because if not, bro, I can't even fuck with you no more. You gotta go. I hear, I hear yeah. both of your perspectives. Like, I feel like it's a different scenario. Like, yeah. if it's a friend, oh, yeah, if it's one of my friends and they do some shit like that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I ain't gonna go nowhere near popping off. I'm, I might be upset, but, like, we don't have to have a conversation about that later. Oh, yeah. Like, my homeboy who was the baseball manager, I told him, like, no, nah, not only did you let your homeboy say that and you ain't check him for it, but then you just try to pretend like ain't shit happened. Yeah. So, oh, now, <laughs> so don't get me wrong. Like, I yeah. feel like, Especially knowing the people I grew up with and like how most people act. Yeah. Like most people in the black community, they ain't got nothing but their family and themselves. Yeah. So at right. the end of the day, if a dude disrespecting you and he and he like sizing you, and you let it slide, then what is that doing to your self respect and how you view yourself? Because like the same time, it's like a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Because like you, they like you give them more. It's like oh, he said it, now nah, you let it slide. Now nah, he think he always say it. Yeah, but like, so, if it's a stranger in public, see, that's the thing. Like you said, like I could throw all my shit away for somebody who I ain't never gonna see again. Yeah. But most most of the time, like strangers, that shit don't usually bother me. Like 
I remember I went to O'Reilly's one time and there was this white chick, right? Mm -hmm. Who was Egyptian. And she started talking like. Wait, she, she was what? She's Egyptian, apparently Egyptian, but she's white as like clouds, nigga. She don't know the whitewashed Egyptian. The words. Everybody know, hey, y'all know Egyptians in Africa and most of the original Egyptians look just like. No, sick. Don't <laughs> look at the walls. I shouldn't tell you. Exactly. But um, she just came up mad hostile, and I was like, "Yo, like first of all, cool your jets, because if this was anybody, like I'd be, I feel like I'd just be trying to tell people, like, don't come up and saying anything you want to people, because niggas die every day, and niggas die over the stupidest shit. Yep. So like the same way, I ain't gonna go around just saying anything to anybody if I'm not like sure how they're gonna react or I'm not comfortable how they might react." you shouldn't feel comfortable coming up to me and acting any kind of way because you don't know how I'm going to react. Yep. And, like, I got issues, especially with anger, like if somebody actually do something wrong to me, I'm going to want to break your job. Right. Facts. But <laughs> it take a lot to get me to that point, and it got, I got to feel threatened. So when Shorty came up being rude, I was just like, yo, first of all, who are you talking to? And why is you acting like that? Then she want to divert, and she, I'm like, why are, you, why are you acting like some crazy-ass white girl right now? <laughs> then, you know, the next thing she said to me is, well, you know, I, I'm not a racist, you know, I got a black son, and this, that, and the third. And at that point, like, it wasn't even arguing no more. It was just like, <laughs> she said she a black, bro, I told her, I was like, yo, you shouldn't say that. Like, don't say that to nobody. I don't care what the situation is. That's you your don't son. Have, yeah, that's your son. He is not just your black son. He is your son, son who happens to be black. And you try and tell people this, and they get fucking upset. Like, you can't. You can't fight with niggas to teach them a lesson, and you can't sit down and have a conversation with niggas to have a lesson because at the end of the day, if they pride is hurt or shattered, they don't give a fuck about none of that. Matter of fact, perfect example. Glad you brought that up. The incident with Nipsey Hussle. Ooh. Well, I think, the FBI, I think the FBI shot him, though. So nah, nah, him. Nipsey kind of caused that situation. Did? True. Oh, yeah, for one, for one, Nipsey should not have been there without no security. Two, um, it was just that though, wasn't? Yeah, but you a celebrity, and your store's in the middle of the Rolling Sixty neighborhood. Oh, he, he was part of the Rolling Sixty. Yeah, but you, some you niggas just be jealous. You on a yeah. different level. Yeah. Okay. Some niggas just mad because they ain't got it. But also, what I mean by Nipsey caused that situation. It's because, you know, when you are, are, are a mogul or whatever, you can't be a mogul. And this is one thing I learned, like, just being business, bro. You can't be trying to be a businessman and also still trying to live or be indulged in street politics. This shit never goes well. The, per the conversation, because the dude just actually got uh, found guilty of first degree. But the conversation, when Eric, Eric shook all everybody's hands in that parking lot that day, and they had a conversation. Conversation was, uh, Eric asked him about his music or whatever, and Nip' response was, "Hey, he was. I mean, he was looking out, but I mean, I could see to where somebody would take that as disrespectful. Somebody who's a known killer would take that as disrespect." Nip asked him, "Well, hey, you, the, everybody on the street, is saying you got some paperwork on you. You need to go handle that." Alluding to he was a snitch. Yeah. You know, I mean, dude, he left, you know, about 30 minutes later when he came back, he came back shooting, shot Nip 10 times. So, Which, I mean, 
even, yeah. But Nip kind of, you know, you got to watch what you say to certain people, you know, like. Yeah, because that could honestly be a death sentence, though. Yeah, like, you call somebody a snitch. I mean. Especially in, like, when you're that <laughs> high profile, you got that much respect from niggas who, in your same position, or at least, like, in your same group. Yeah. I'd be, if that was me, I'd be scared. Now, I wouldn't go shoot Nip, but, like, at that point, I'd be thinking, okay, well, if this nigga done heard about me being a snitch, then who else think I'm a snitch? And if everybody else think I'm a snitch, then what's going to happen to me? Like, being a snitch is worse than being, like, an abuser, a murderer, a lot of shit in, in yeah, fucking gangbang. Like, in gangbang, yeah. Because snitching, you compromising whole families. So niggas, niggas don't play about that shit, bro. Especially when you're in a neighborhood like that. All right, we got some business to handle. Yeah. Just another nigga that ended up dying that day. Yeah. Which is even stupider now, because now that he done did that shit and been found guilty, he gonna get his ass whooped and yeah, fucking... Yeah, he been keeping his ass whooped. Yeah, like, he gonna get his ass kicked in general forever. Yeah, man. And to be honest, I ain't really listening to music until after he died. I listened to one or two songs, and it was like, just around the same time, like, I started going to my shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff, so, literally, I was just like, man... Damn. Great intellectual dude. And great, like his philosophy and everything. But you gotta watch what you say. Exactly, but like that's the thing about it. That mean, in this world of society, we I feel like all of us nowadays, the access to us is so broad that nobody's gonna like. Not everybody's gonna like what we say. Right. Doesn't mean to go grab a gun and shoot. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation. Just open up doors to the conversation. Cause like. This is why I, I, I laugh because let's let me talk about school shootings one. Cause people are like, oh man, it's so crazy. Uh, school shootings keep happening and everything, and they think, oh, how are we gonna correct this? Oh, let's uh give teachers to get carry a gun. So you're trying to fix the gun problem with more guns. Yep. Because they don't want to address the underlying issues and like they they pretend like they're trying to talking about oh well mental health and people getting bullied. And talking about video games, but either way, I like that. Look, even that, look, the problem I feel like with all this shit is America got uh, too much of access to guns than any other country. Like when you think about it, you can go anywhere. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, and you can't fix gun problem with more guns. Take away guns, but think about it. This is the whole problem when they come down to that. They try to say our Second Amendment right. The right so-called bear arms. But that is just a phrase in the Second Amendment right. This is a person coming from the military. So, you got a problem. With the organized yeah. militia is what it says in the document. I mean, that, so that, that, thank you. Technically, it meant for each state's militia, which now has formed into the National Guard, yeah. the, every other branch of the military, in addition to each individual state's fucking man, man. who got can't, hey, why y'all pull up a full Second Amendment right and read it to these people? Cause yeah, look, bro, we're about to be reading some yay old English. Right? Right. Hey, cause look, but people don't understand it. Honestly, though, um, while you know I, I agree with what y'all are saying about that, personally, I'm not giving up my guns. Yeah. My guns are not going anywhere. Like shit. Also, another thing too is um, I think the whole overall gun control conversation, um. In America, I don't even think the gun control is really the issue. I more so think the way I see it over the past couple of years is that the issue is young white teenagers. Well, I can't say in that. their mental state. 
I can't say that because even in our community right now, uh, a lot of the young black people get guns and they just want to go up and shoot up everything too. So, but that's that's a problem. And look, and, and think about it too. Not like someone brought this up to me not too long ago. When I mean, you think about it now, the new mass shooters are are going into these schools nowadays. Right. They all have been how took mass shooting drills classes. In the so they know, yeah. So, and I remember taking those in the school. See, I didn't take that. I was I graduated in two thousand ten. Oh yeah. So you know, tell you the the one drill we had because I was around. I was born from around like nine eleven. <laughs> so like I was in fourth grade about the audition for a choir, uh, the little conference, conference choir or something for uh, chorus. And you see on the news, every TV's on, and it's all the same thing. I remember coming to the library back in the day. It's like one of them had cartoons on. And all you see is this, and like, I just heard, oh, I got checked out. Living in Pensacola, that, oh, y'all yeah, are more likely to get hit too now just because the training organizations are here. But I took, like, we took bomb drills, fire drills. We ain't never did no mass shooting drills. Like, honestly, that was a whole new thing for me. We had did it in, like, one day in class and, like, when I was in college over here. And I was like, man, all this shit just, it's, it's crazy. Like you think about it though, like especially with the way our country glamorizes guns, a lot of the people, at least the mass shooting side, those people are people who feel desperate, they feel emasculated, and they feel like they have no power. And anybody who picks up a gun is automatically going to feel like they got power because they can take somebody's life at any second. Yeah. And if somebody put a gun to my face, I'm going to freeze. I'm going to do whatever. Exactly. Because I don't want to end up on the other side of that. Yeah. So like they, they take that power and then that's anything that they've been repressing. It just kind of like allows them to let it go. Like, oh, now I'm in control. Now I got power. Now you got to listen to me. And they don't feel like that bullied, ostracized kid anymore. But even then, like when it comes to, I get the whole gun control conversation. But even like just being realistic, like going back to what you just said yeah. about the black kids in the hood, you know, shooting up everybody. If gun control is implemented today, that's not stopping shit on the streets. Because yeah. a lot of these people, like a lot of black people that I personally know, them guns is not legal. Them guns either off the dark web or they've been got stolen, really. But yeah. not, but when it does come to, I, I do think when it does come to people actually buying guns though, there needs to be like a, a, a psychiatric test that needs to be had. But honestly, to evaluate if you can even I can't even say that. that gun. Cause people's psyches can change. Psyches, yeah, psyches can change. Because like me being a military, like certain shit, like I go, I can't, like I can't handle certain shit. And like even from you going to jail, like certain situations, I just I get too anxious and like, bro, just PTSD come in, like hit me like that, and like, I really shut down. I'm not in my right mind. I have to take a little five minute breather and just recollect myself. People's psyches change. Now, I believe, like, proper training with guns. Yeah, everybody probably had proper training with guns. But at the same time, like, look, there are many mass shootings that happen in this country compared to the next highest one is. There's a difference of 200 
and 50 something. The next highest country is eight. And you hear all this bad stuff. So you talk about the the cartels in Mexico and everything. What do you think about it? the most mass shootings is in America? Think about it in Europe. You don't even hear about none of that shit. Like, yeah, they might have a shooting here or there. Someone stabbed somebody. Boom. But, right. but like, us as Americans, we believe, oh, we gotta have guns. Yeah, this, that. I'm like, bro, yo, if, if, I, if she hunting a deer, cool. You hunting a bear, cool. We hunt people. We're hunting people that are living beings. They're somebody's sons, their daughters, their they fathers, somebody. Like, it's, it's crazy. And mothers, too. But, Until like I feel like this, until people have kids and they can put their kids in that situation like, oh, oh there's a mass shooter at my kid's school and they see like dang, you you see something you take take care of your whole life and you worry like damn, I wanna hope my kid is alright. I don't think they should be able to say, Oh, yeah, I should have my guns. No, take the shit away. Because at the end of the day, look, you have somebody gonna create something different. Uh, they're gonna be another weapon or something, but the gun control of the day is not no existence. There ain't no such thing as gun control, cause who there ain't no control in this country. Like they just let them to be free nearly with it. Yeah, true. Yeah, I feel like it's a power. Exactly. <laughs> it's a power thing. Because like, how, how many people you know say that they got a gun or they finna buy a gun just for self defense purposes? I'm like, bro, because you feel like you ain't got the power to defend. Don't take your ass to a fucking a taekwondo ass. <laughs> no, but even though sometimes yeah. like, like there's sometimes I'm in public and I'm worried like if somebody if a nigga come up and press me right yeah. like. I ain't finna let nobody press me. Yeah. But this nigga got a gun on me, especially if I'm with somebody else. Yeah. What I'm finna do? I'm finna just let it. Like I'm not finna do nothing to yeah. piss this nigga off and have him tripping on his power. Yeah. And that's why I feel like instead of just saying like, oh, we have a mass shooting problem, take away all the guns. Like niggas don't, niggas don't look into the issues behind the, gun. the guns. Yeah. Like why are black boys shooting each other up so much? It's because these niggas are not only in close proximity to each other, but because these niggas don't have the opportunities to find something else to do. They ain't got no youth programs, no after-school things. Yep. They in survival mode. Yep, and like they ain't got nothing better to do because they feel like they just trapped. So now that you feel like you trapped in your neighborhood and you ain't gonna go much further, what can you do to help your neighborhood or yourself or and your it family? It doesn't help either, like when, okay, you live in a survival mode, you trap in an area that you're in, close proximity, and only type of fun when you do go out to go have fun the type of stuff that's implemented like when you're going to the club or going to a block party or whatever is murder music yeah. it is like, murder everywhere you go but you know it's I kill, think even kill, kill. even in uh because it ain't even just in hip-hop it ain't just in rap it's in all music actually even rock and roll some country songs talk about killing stuff and like People, because like this one series I do hate, they always put that on just black people music and like rap and hip hop. But death is in every type of genre, whatsoever. See, I feel like there is a glorification of like hip hop and rapping though, but it's not necessarily coming from the dudes who are actually living that life. Yeah. Like a lot of the times I see dudes who pretend like they're banging, and dudes who pretend like they're hard. And I grew up with these niggas. <laughs> in a nice safe school <laughs> like <laughs> like like don't get me wrong like just because you was raised somewhere safe don't mean that you like you yeah. you just soft but yeah. these niggas i feel like they don't have 
a sense of identity where like they see these cool rappers who getting all these girls all this attention on these fans and they feel like they gotta be somebody else bro you yeah, you don't you. have to be no killer bro like these people are most rappers are just anybody is just a product of their environment yeah. and these niggas just happen to capitalize off of the shit that they've had to go through yeah. Why are you taking that and trying to like glorify and idolize it as if? And that's the problem with the music, because not even say it ain't the music, the way that people perceive the music, because you have. All right, back when I was working at Rodizio, there was this white guy. Well, all they did was try to listen to the hard gang bang and stuff. And they was like, oh yeah, I live in this part of town. This that there, I grew up right here. I was like, bro, you grew up on what street did you grow up on? Because like I'm in Pensacola, wise, I don't got raised in every side of town, because my aunt. She used to live in Alice Court. And I used to be living with her back before. Like, they they put up grass in between where the corner store used to be. I used to ride rollerblades down there, the corner store, give me a snicker bar. I can't even say snicker at the time, I said nigger bar. But <laughs> got me a snicker bar, rollerblade, my butt back up the uh, thing. On the east side, my other greats, my uh, aunt, she lived on the east side with my other cousins. I spent most of my time over there. And I lived in uptown. So, like, I literally grew up on every side of town. But you see the people that you know they live in certain areas trying to act like they, oh, and like carrying a gun and stuff. Like, yeah, man, you know, I'll be doing this. Like, bro, they like to read this Bro, that shit is real life based on the insecurity. Yeah, insecurity. I'm like, bro, so you so obsessed with black culture, black this and that, third, that you think you gotta change who you are. And like, bro, you think about the, all this gangbanging music you listening to. Bro, you don't gotta live that. These niggas not these niggas not even trying to live that. Bro. Exactly. I'm like, if you really trying to live that, go. I'll, I'll take you to the area. Stay there. Stay there for a month. See how you do. You ain't gonna survive. I'm like, bro, you go here, got a gun for what? Who you need protection for? Your mama? Cause your mama the only person gonna kick down the door and tell you, hey, why you doing this? And she probably paying your damn bills for you. Word. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm struggling. <laughs> like it always pissed me off. Just like in general with dudes that glorify it, but yeah, when I turned 18, I remember my cousin, right? Now, my pops was never in game banging like my uncle was, but, and me and my cousin kind of like took after our fathers in that manner. And you don't realize how subtle and like built in it becomes. Like game banging, niggas don't, when you actually in it, niggas don't just be like, oh yeah, bro, we this, that, and the third. Like, it's a survival thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we may, we may be doing this, that, and the third. We may be having to do this, but at the end of the day, I just want to live, support my family. Now, my cousin's gang banging didn't have nothing to do with his fucking, at least why he got arrested and why he's in prison now. But I feel like always being in that kind of survival mode, which is based out of poverty and all these other issues that we haven't addressed, it does something to somebody's psyche. Like the same way some like a murder happens and mm -hmm. the family is like, oh, like we never knew this side of him. Like people have a wide range of emotions they can experience at any time. Yeah. So instead of like instead of putting people in proximity to be hurting each other, like with this NYC open carry law, mm -hmm. why don't we try and fix some of these issues so that people don't feel like they gotta go this route? Yeah. And I mean it'd be some dumb shit too. Like you can't you don't have no self defense laws in New York. Just because of all the like the crime, at least in the city, just because all the crime, like it makes prosecutions way harder. So, my cousin was in McDonald's, getting harassed by a crackhead, like anybody in New York, and this crackhead got aggressive, and allegedly my cousin was the one who stabbed and killed him. Like he tried to attack him, he stabbed and killed him, 
any survival, like just a survival thing. Like it's it's me or you, especially out here in these slums. Like I'm not, I'm trying to get home. Yeah. And like no no offense to you, but like I I'm trying to stay safe. I want to stay alive. Now my cousin got to spend the next 18 years of his life in Rikers. Oh, and this well, is right. this is the year that we fresh turned 18. So I mean like. Imagine I get the phone call and my cousin, I knew he wasn't on shit, but like I'm privileged enough, thank God, to not have been raised in that. Oh, so even like so even like in New York, self defense, you in that matter? Nah. Cause I mean yeah. like if you even if you do act in self defense, you don't get like like Zimmerman did. He he doesn't get the higher up leg because you're coming from a place of what happened. They just review what happened, was it necessary force, was it excessive force, could you have handled this any other kind of way? And they'll slap a f fucking penalty on you for anything. And it's not like, you know, my cousin, he stabbed a nigga and he just kept stabbing the nigga like it was something wrong with him. But, like, you know, he did what he had to do, ran away, got him later, and said that, you know, you're a murderer. And, like, it's crazy because my uncle had, like, a very similar situation with that, but the dude ended up living. So he didn't end up in prison for as long. But it's the little things like that that can change it. Because, like, imagine I wasn't here, right? Yeah. I'm the only one of my younger siblings and cousins to go to college, to even, like, try to get into college. Now, if my cousin in fucking prison gangbanging until he's 35, right, he ain't got nothing to come out to, what's the next generation of my family going to look like? A bunch of people from impoverished, suffering, and traumatic backgrounds who don't know nothing but violence and poverty, and that's all you're going to act out of. Like when you, most people think like, oh, people who are being robbed or who people who are robbed and they're just being greedy. No nigga wants to, like maybe the ones who want to play hard, but like most dudes who are robbing you aren't doing it because they just enjoy it. Like it's fucking the love of the game. Yeah. Like they doing it because they need to eat, their family need to eat, their kids need to eat. And you just ended up on the, up on the wrong side of that at the wrong time. No nigga wants to fucking shoot a dude just because he want his wallet. But sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. And like, and that's why we can't, at least I feel, sometimes these conversations get too like very specific. Like, oh, he should have did this, he should have did that. But as a whole, why don't we start addressing things that form who people are? Yeah. Like my cousin could have lived a very different life if he didn't have to go be raised in an environment like that. If he didn't have to go be raised in the slums of Atlanta living off shit all day, and then he moved to New York because of benefits, you know, that's the only way they could survive. And now he, in, like, even more proximity to people who are on some strange shit. Um, and, like, RIP to that dude as well. Like, you don't know what he was going through. You don't, yeah. If he's a fucking crackhead, he might have lost his job and got a drug addiction. And now he's, like, acting off of the drugs, you know, he get aggressive. It's, like, it's just sad because you can't really blame neither side. And you could like come up with justifications for either one, but at the end of the day, nobody is, like nobody is talking about the things that made them end up there. Did he lose his job? Did he not have housing? Did he, something happen in his life where now that's like a turning point and now his psyche is like different. Now I'm just going to act off of this. Mm. That's fucked up. But the actually, I'm actually, that reminded me of a situation that I had in New York. Um, that made, it actually made me grateful that I didn't react that way. Cause like I knew like in New York when I went to New York I knew you can have family there so you know we had the dates of course but when I was in New York we were on tour in New York and we had like a I think it was a, it was a transgender crackhead 
that literally chased us down Harlem, like a couple blocks in Harlem. I like all the way, like I, I peeped, like I felt like, damn, am I being followed? I was like, all right, let's go to this Popeyes real quick. Mm-hmm. Go to the Popeyes. Like this motherfucker is still like on our ass going to the Popeyes, pressing us like over money. Like it was like, yo, can we? Can, can mind you, like I'm like. 16, 17 at this time. Like, like, what the fuck is your problem type shit? Mm-hmm. This is like a big ass. I don't even know. Like, it was a dude woman. I don't know. Just fucking. Like, Bro, like, it's, it's intimidating. Yeah, had some shit going on. Like, like don't get me wrong. Bro, what like, the fuck you got going yo, on? Yo, transgender woman, when they super buff, yo. I like it. Don't surprise me that some niggas be like, especially when they in like a club or something, and like they feel like they get impressed. Bro, that's that should kick in just like that, bro. Like the, I feel like the only time I wouldn't be threatened, and even, I still would a little bit, but like, would be if somebody who is obviously very small, very frail. I know you can't harm me, and right. even then, all it takes is one second to pull that shit out your waistband and start firing on you. Fat. But I was like, bro, like what the fuck are you on? Like you just asking us for money type shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, I'm not even from here. Like what the fuck? Get the fuck out of my face. Bro, and that shit pissed me. Dude. <laughs> It's like you you chased me down for five blocks to ask me for some fucking money out of all the people in New York and in Harlem. And that shit. See, that's why again I try and just take an extra second. Like when I get when I get mad enough to spaz on somebody, I've already come to the point where I've accepted whatever the consequences are yeah. of this situation. Like no matter what. I feel like this was necessary to address, and I had to do what I had to do. I'm not gonna go out like starting fights just for no reason, but right. I gotta hold up my own like self-image. I can't just be letting niggas disrespect me on the daily. Like, what is this, the '60s? Fat like, fuck. So it's hard to draw like that balance between like, yo, nigga, you disrespecting me and chill out, and like trying to be empathetic for people's situation, like what's going on. And that's the sad shit about New York is like the Bronx. Brooklyn, Queens, you got niggas like, they losing their home. This is government housing that they've had to rely on their whole life. Now they losing their fucking home. They ain't got no money because the food stamps not coming through right now. You ain't even got an address to get the food stamps too. And you got these people coming in, gentrifying your neighborhood, like everything changing, nigga. You got COVID and shit. Some niggas be... Like, I understand, you you go insane, bro. Yeah, you lose like, you do. And even people who come out of fucking prison and they fucking violent, like, what do you expect? Because you put these niggas in a metal box or like a fucking concrete walls and you don't with three form. little bars to see light and room with a bunch of violent niggas. You don't even try and like rehabilitate them, you know, get them some emotional like management skills, no nothing, no kind of therapy. What end, how did you end up here? How can we keep you from ending up here? See, that's what other countries do. Like, other countries, they don't really just do that. They actually re- help you reform. Certain countries do. I like to say all. Because I heard bad things about certain prisons out everywhere. But America, none of our prisons actually reform. Rehabilitate. And rehabilitate the people. I know, and I think it's the UK or Germany. Yeah. Um, to where they do that. They actually rehabilitate yeah. And honestly... Me, I'm to the point where like, if I ever, whenever I get enough money up, mm-hmm. I'm moving overseas to like the UK and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Not, or uh, even though I know they're kind of funny too, but uh, 
Alright, just like one of the place where like I ain't got to worry about sending my kids to school and knowing that this may be the day they get called this someone who came in there. I remember back in the day we had bomb threats. Now we got people coming in there with freaking AK for it. But while we on this topic though, I, so y'all know I'm a solution based type person. Yeah. So I think like the whole gun control or like the kind of eliminate the whole school shooting process. Not that there needs to be guns implemented, but also like I think there needs to be some type of paramilitary structure in the school system. To where like perfect example like how um y'all are aware of the Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. Right, like that not necessarily implementing their religious beliefs into the school, but their paramilitary structure of security to where, you know, as soon as you walk into the school, everybody gets searched, everybody gets packed down, yeah. get questioned. I think if that was implemented on e on every school across the nation, uh, the school shooting would be, school shooting situation would be a lot different. Because I feel as if, you know, when somebody comes to go shoot up a building or whatever, nine times out of ten, they knowing, they're like, okay, you got one police officer, that's it. Not a guard or somebody who's on duty at this exit, that exit, this exit, and it has training, you know, disarm guns, yeah. or, you know, even fucking locking all the doors. I think somebody... Because what happened with that one in Texas, the one that recently happened, the lady went out there for a smoke a cigarette and put a rock in there, in the door. Damn. And the dude happened to run up right at that time. And they went to classroom, classroom, and, like, I feel for the teachers, because the one thing about it, they're underpaid, but they also, these... They're teaching, they're teaching the kids. Exactly. They put their beautiful Everything you do is gonna affect them. Exactly. And I feel bad for that teacher that actually came into this classroom. He shot up all them kids and didn't shoot him. I would be like, bro, these people I was responsible for. Yeah, like the, the guy who got shot and like survived and he was in the interviews and shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I understand the whole, like, you know, you gotta secure the school and shit. But the police officer didn't go in there. That's the thing about it. But exactly. That's, 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 that's my thing, though. Know. You can't be, you gotta have people who is really like, this is their job to actually, like. Cause no, that, that's the thing about it. We being technical right now. The police job, when this is a mass shooting, you're the police officer on duty. Just because you're outside, you happen to go around to your car and shit, your job is going up. And protect them and yeah, kids. Yeah. Neutralize the threat to the You're supposed to neutralize the threat. Don't be a pussy. Because you're going to shoot everybody else when you pull them over. Exactly. Get in there and save them damn kids. But I feel like that also says something too. Because like, don't get me wrong. Like, huh. Yeah, be having like a, a few more cops in the school. Like that may... It may, it may, it may like stop people from just wilding. But at the end of the day, mass shooters, they've already gotten to like... That next point where logic, it yeah, doesn't matter. Like, so don't get me wrong. Yeah, there could be ten cops in the school, but in their mind, they probably thinking like they they already committed to dying at the end of this, yeah. whether it's by their own hand or by somebody else's. So by the time they get into there, they like, all right, how many people could I take out? Oh, I only get to take out two people. Whatever, I still got to get my rage out, yeah. and I got to get away from going to prison forever. So, like, these niggas be going in there prepared to die. And nothing inside of the school is going to, like, stop that. Like, even if you're a cop inside the school, right? We all human. 
I'd be scared as fuck if all I had was a pistol and a taser on me, and they telling me some dude came in with an AR-15 <laughs> yeah. and I gotta take him out. Like, yes, that's my job, but I would be scared. Yeah, but it's a job they but, chose. It's a but job. One hundred percent. But this is yeah. the thing, though. Like, and no, no disrespect, though, but that's why that job is not for people like you. See, but like, that job is for somebody who's like, okay, I. I understand. What's the name the one thing that got off with the, the shooting and everything? Uh, that's a job for what's the college gonna do? What's the name? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Hey Kyle, you need to go be a cop. Hey, be a be a school security guy. Yeah, I don't I don't fuck with Kyle, but people like people like him. Those are the people who those are the people perfectly fit to um, be that job because for one, they're not scared. And they know, like, bro, I'm here to do this one particular job. And if I have to kill, that is what it is. If I got to uh, shoot a couple people, that's my job type. Thing. Don't shoot no kids. And, but it's not for everybody, though. That's the thing. Okay, that's the difference like, between you going, like, just, I'm in college, I'm broke. So, okay, hey, let me go sign them to go be a police officer. It shouldn't be that. It's like, okay, I actually want to protect and serve my community or whatever. But, so let me sign up and go do that. But how do you think that, like, okay, so as a student who went to, like, at fucking school in the bricks, right? Mm -hmm. We have security. We got that shit searched all the time. Like, and just the police presence from a young age always made me nervous because you can't predict what police are going to do at any given time of the day. Right. Just because, like, they human, right? And when somebody fly their fight sense is activated, again, you, you can't predict what they're going to do. And like even when that Stoneman Douglas shooting happened, my school was 15 minutes from there. So when all that shit happened, they got the lockdown immediately. They put the big gates. They made sure it was one point entry. You got more cops looking around. And like, think about the psyche that that gives for both sides. Like as a student, you feel like you're in a fucking not necessarily a war zone, but you feel like you gotta be on edge all the time just because they got this shit set up. And then if you, the school security officer, not only do you have to be worried about if a student comes and shoots something up, but if somebody outside of the student comes and shoots something up. Mm -hmm. So that constant paranoia and worry every day just builds up until something happens. And most of the time, I like every time, we haven't yet had like a time where there's like a cop in there and he just happened to be able to get his, all his paranoia out on a mass shooter. Most mass shooters are arrested alive with no kinds of wounds on them. Thanks. So, uh, Dylan Burger King. Mm -hmm. That shit's crazy. So like, <laughs> even if we don't take away guns, right? Why don't we take away things that are literal like, or weapons of mass destruction? Like, nobody should be able to access an AR-15. Nope. Because most people's defense of that is, oh, well, what if the government? The government could blow this whole bitch up from sitting from their fucking room with one buddy. So don't think you about to put up a fight against our government, please. The biggest military force in the world and has we're, ever We're seen. not the biggest, but we're the most... No, dog, we're the biggest. We... No, China, China got us beat. No, I'm letting you know right now. The people... Hey, because this is a guy who came from the Navy. No, our, hey, no. Dog, we spent... We got, we got a thing... I, I, I think we have the power. I don't think we have the numbers. I signed... No, we... Well, we they got more population than us, but no. we got yeah, more, that's like, what, that's active what and retired. As far as, like... We're talking about... Our, there are different parts of the military when it comes to this. So, as far as the people that control the sea, China's Navy is the biggest Navy in the world. We can't even touch that shit. Everything we got, they got multiple of them. But, like, we got this thing, 
on the sub, but I can't talk about it because Loki I signed on page 13, just like the NBA, and I ain't trying to go to jail in the military jail. I'd rather go to regular jail than go to military jail. So I'm not going to talk about that. But then on top of it too, like as far as army-wise, yeah. People think we're the top of, nah, these motherfuckers have war games. And like, the, the brag about their military. Our, our military can't even probably touch that shit. Like, okay. We, we just some proud motherfuckers that we think, oh yeah, when we come in, we're winning. No, we're, we're the stupid motherfuckers. Like, it's definitely mean, a little ignorance or yeah. arrogance. But right? didn't we lose, like, technically, didn't we lose the war in uh, Afghan? Because we never, we we never got, really had... Well, never, 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 hey, I mean, like, most people... They, they, they got what they came for. They got the oil. Yeah, they came yeah. for the oil and shit. And, like, most people's definition would just be like, oh, you conquer and take the, the land. But the UN don't play that shit. Yeah. You can't just go out somewhere and just, like, conquer it because these people kind of slighted you, which usually is some bullshit. So, really, I feel like America's just been gone upon the UN and got uh, fined or do whatever because... We've been doing shit out of pocket for a long but, time. But here's why, though. So I'm glad you brought that up. The reason why, though, is because we're still the number one um, currency. You know, when. We ain't got we, no gold behind our nah, currency. But, but look, though, when all of these other countries, so the agreement with a lot of these countries, and this is why potentially the in a couple of years, the our currency might not be the number one currency used around the world. But to buy oil, any country to buy oil, you have to buy oil in U.S. dollars. That's why America, you know, is, mm. has so much power. power when it comes to, you know... They, they need to stop taking the damn oil in the first place. Because motherfucker, y'all killing the earth. Bro, but yeah. I mean, like... You have to buy go. You have to buy oil anywhere in U.S. dollars. Dog, we pour more money into our military than the next seven biggest countries combined. That include China, yeah. that include Russia, that include North Korea and any other potential military threat that we may feel is there. And don't get me wrong, like we may not be the most number, we may not have the best technology, but the United States is the greatest army this world has ever seen because not only do we have a bunch of numbers and protection, we can start a war anywhere in the world because we got bases, we got fronts in every part of the world. Yeah, we, we, we took over those areas. But I ain't gonna lie, but every area we got, you gotta think about it. The people in that area, they were forced to basically submit. And, that's and, and they and they hate that. So honestly, because me being in the navy, I can say this. I'm glad I didn't go to war to any other these countries. And especially me being on the ship, I'm glad none of I never had experience with a lot of that. But, bro, it's. Cause like now they get to the part where they're trying to do these smart ships and shit, lower manpower. Mm, yeah. But and like more weapons, but you can remote well, access them. No, nah, not even just that. That's the Air Force do those shit. But uh, like smart ships. So basically, like only one of each rate, only that ship, or one or three of them. So less manpower, the everything still operate. You just need that little shit. But man. For anything about it, if we ever did decide to deploy any of our weapons and the other countries decide to deploy any of their weapons, they just gonna send this world into a nuclear winter. And That's why we have this I think know, that would I, ultimately did. that next big world war, that's what it's gonna come down to. And I really think, you know overall I think, you know, it's Russia and the United States when it 
comes to as far as you know, uh, the fight they can fuck up the whole entire planet like it's <laughs> one push of a button. And Ukraine yeah. probably gonna be in under two. Cause look, you already look. It's so funny. I really feel like this. The reason why the Ukrainians over here right now, they basically just Russian spies. They get in here like, yeah, we gonna have a war now. They are gonna put y'all in there. So boom, we gonna boom this the short them. You know, y'all get in the position. And boom. Uh, we we're, we're fucked. Cause low key, I was gonna add numbers to the white population. <laughs> personally, I, I personally do not have no issue with Vladimir Putin. Mm. Um, I've never met the dude myself, so mm. I mean, you know. Hey, bro, do but, your thing. <laughs> you know, but this is this is like, even though it's probably it's pretty fucked up, you know, you just coming through taking over shit. No, he trying to take. This is, just trying to take back a part of Russia that they lost. Yeah, but so this is normal. This culture. is normal shit yeah. in the world, though. Like, war is never gonna go away. Yep. Niggas, back in the old days, before we had all these government laws and establishment and shit, this is what niggas did. It's just like when they fucking felt like it, they bombed your shit and they took your shit. Yeah. Just like niggas in the hood, you know, you got you got punched in your face and stripped and pistol whipped, but you got your shit too. And that's why I feel like we gotta address like <laughs> the issues behind that shit, man. Cause like you say, oh, what what's the source of war? Greed. Yeah. No war is usually caused out of like necessity because anybody who needs something, they're gonna try and find every other avenue before being violent. Sure. So, like, yeah, Russia, they got like weapons and shit, but like, even if even though they're invading Ukraine and they're way stronger, Ukraine was able to start pushing them back after getting weapons from the Western allies and people who wanted to like stop the war from happening. And I feel like we've gotten to a point where no one country, even us, we couldn't like go around just bullying all the other superpowers, no matter what our technology. Oh, trust is. me, that mutual ESA or mutually assured destruction—that's been enough to stop us from bombing each other for decades now. And you can't necessarily like translate that into our communities and how we stop violence. So, what 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 would y'all address or what would y'all do to end gun violence if you could, like? If, if one thing you knew could end gun violence forever, doesn't matter the logistics of it, what would you do? All weapons get destroyed right now. Think about it. That's going to force the other conversations to be had. Like, now how you going to, you can't just handle your problem by killing somebody. You got to literally sit there and talk it out, learn from it, grow from it, get uncomfortable. I would, I'm talking about from nuclear weapons to handguns to even little field knives that use it. Even samurai swords. Like, you'd be surprised. Some motherfuckers with samurai swords can do way more damage than motherfuckers with guns. Mm -hmm. Like, destroy weapons. You gotta fight somebody, fight with their hands, but learn how to talk. Because okay. really, that's the thing about it. Most people never learn how to communicate. Not wrong, especially people coming from backgrounds like that. Yeah. It ain't about talking; it's about protecting yourself first, yeah. and then you figure out whatever you got to. Exactly. Um, as far as me, I feel as if you're just implementing a type of a structure to where, like, they happen in other countries, just all across the globe. It's like you know, unless you are, you know, military personnel, yeah, can't have no guns or weapons on you. Yeah, that's a gun on you, cause like. I understand people's fears about like crime or something happening to them 
And again, how like if you got a gun, you could protect yourself from virtually anything unless that person just up it on you first. Yeah. So like, what issues do you think would happen aside from gun violence if like we just took them all away? Because that's what most people are concerned about. They're like, oh, well, what about rapists? What if somebody, some dude is harassing a woman? I feel like I got some easy solutions and like some ideas for that. I feel like every girl should go to a self-defense class with uh, rapists and everything. Like, bro. But I've been saying that about women. It's like, and, and that's like one of my problems when it comes to a lot of women. It's like women love to bring up the problem but never want to talk about a solution. Talk about a solution. Like, like, yeah, rape is a thing, but... Men get raped, too. Men get raped, too, but... Just as much as women. The ultimate thing is, though, is, like, when it comes to being raped, okay, nine times out of ten, you know, with the abortion shit, yeah, you probably not going to stop rape, just being realistic. But you can take a self-defense class, you know, and, you know take, even if you got to take a shooting class, you know, to prepare yourself to where you're prepared to where... Because... I feel as if, you know, going back to what some of the conversations that we had, you know, a lot of young girls these days they just want to sit around and be pretty all goddamn day. Thanks so waiting for somebody to come save them. Yeah, waiting for somebody to come yeah, save them. Hey, like, same thing <laughs> with the black community. We only waiting for somebody to come save us. Definitely. We got to save ourselves. See, I feel like, at least in my family, like, honestly, they don't be waiting for nobody to save them. Just, it's like, it's like that desperation and like that hopelessness is just kind of ingrained in you. Cause like you got, you got socially people and culturally people are telling you that like you a thug, you a hoodlum. And like they always associate your financial bracket with who you are as a person, your ethics and your potential. Yeah. So not only you got that going on, but then you got the prison system who's saying like, oh, you get in once and you part of this forever. Like you, you go to prison, there's like a 70% chance you end up right back within a year. What's like the issues going, at least for me, I'd be thinking like, what's the issues going on in our community? And I think it's just hopelessness. Again, we we just got our rights. Like at least thinking back, we just got our rights. Like the ability for people to stop looking at us like we're just second class humans or three fifths of a person. And now you're still trying to battle like the whole conversation around what, what are black people capable of? What do their genetics or DNA, what's different? And really nothing's different aside from like hair, phenomes, and fucking, what, your skin color? Yeah. So how are we going to sit here and like judge people for being like violent when that's all they got and that's all they know rather than like empowering them, educating them? Like obviously if a dude robbed me and with a gun in my face in New York, I ain't just going to be like, hey, bro, I hear you, bro. Like, yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through all that shit. Just give it to the nigga. I can try to have a conversation with dude. He ain't probably gonna want to. Yeah, but it. like, I feel, at least personally, especially with what's happened in my family, I feel like a, an obligation to have conversations like this, especially with people who are more like affected by it. Yeah. Because most people don't even grant them the ability to have that conversation. And we have yet to have like that MLK, that Malcolm X, who sits here and they put all of our issues at the forefront, no matter how uncomfortable it may make us or them. Yeah. Like I'm not, I can sit here and talk about how much I love my cousin and my cousin is like this great of a person, but at the end of the day, he killed a dude. He ended up in prison for what he did. And that's just like the facts of it. 
whether or not I believe it was justified or not doesn't matter, but that probably wouldn't have happened if dude wasn't, like if he wasn't addicted to drugs. Yeah. He wouldn't have been addicted to drugs if something critically happened in his life to force him down that path. And like, and that's another issue I find with white people when it comes to talking about us is like, there's, there's a lack of empathy. It's always like, oh, I knew it was one of them. They're a thug, this, that, and the third. We don't realize that people are a lot more capable of, than like our perceptions. Yeah. So like, just cause my cousin gang bang and he did this, that, and the third, and he killed some dude, when he come out, I ain't gonna treat him like no cold murderer. And that's what cousin. Like, no, like, I feel like especially when people come out, there's like a whole perception around them, like a misconception, like, oh, you're either violent, you're going to continue to be a criminal or this, that, and the third. Why don't we, like, why don't our politicians, why don't we have conversations with these people who have been incarcerated, been affected, and we've seen the correlations between their environment and their actions? Why are we doing more to stop that? Like, I feel like therapy, at the very minimum, would be very beneficial for all like black children. Yeah. Like I grew up around a lot of violence, so like you can hear it in my beliefs. Like if a dude come up to me, he acting crazy, I feel like I got the right to whoop his ass. Yeah. Like that's not necessarily a normal thing <laughs> or like a normal mindset for most people who are socialized or civil. But where I grew up, that was the norm. It was like the same way. It's wild that like you know we was getting our ass beaten manhunt just for getting caught. But that was the way of teaching you how to have hands so you ain't got to rely on having the weapon or, you know, just end up being a victim and you can't defend yourself in no kind of way. Like, I feel like sometimes when black people do certain things, people are really quick to just label us something and just keep it moving to the side. Like, this is just how it is. This is just how the world has been. Yeah. We can't change that shit. What's the point of us existing if we're just going to continue to live in these systems that have us on loose? That's true. So I rebel, but I don't miss a beat. I don't miss a beat. Oh.